Hello and welcome to this episode of the Evelyn Partners Investment Podcast. I'm Angelique Ritzaker and with me today is Daniel Kasali, our Chief Investment Strategist. 2024 is going to be a busy election year and we're going to be discussing how some key elections will affect global financial markets. We also discuss whether elections can spill over into geopolitical events that could potentially have an impact on investment portfolios. We're recording this on Wednesday, the 7th of February, 2024. And before we begin, here's some important information. Nothing in this recording is intended to constitute advice or recommendation, and you should not take any investment decision based on its content. Any opinions expressed may be subject to change without notice. Remember that the value of investments can fall as well as rise, and you may not get back the amount you originally invested. Past performance should not be considered a reliable indicator of future returns. Different funds carry varying levels of risk depending on the geographic region or industry sector in which they invest. You should make yourself aware of these specific risks prior to investing. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment, or if you need advice on your specific requirements, you should seek professional financial advice. So welcome, Daniel. Afternoon, Angelique. So there are a lot of countries asking people to go to the polls this year. Just um, talk us through the key concerns for investors, given it's such a huge election year. Yes, 2024 is going to be a record year for elections. There are 77 countries that hold elections, and that covers roughly around half the world's population. These range from the US, the UK and the EU, which we'll cover today. As a rule of thumb, most elections are generally inconsequential for global financial markets, though sometimes elections can have a material long-term impact on economies and stock markets. For instance, supply-side driven policies to reduce regulations and the size of governance by Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan in the 1980s. This helped to bring the UK and US out of the economic slumber seen in the troubled 1970s. Nevertheless, this upcoming US presidential and congressional election in November could be catalyst for significant market risks. Oh, really? Why is that? Given America is increasingly split along ideological lines, this election is likely to be highly contentious. This opens the possibility of stock market uncertainty, both in the run-up and after the election. So pre-election, although he's not been convicted, Colorado has taken Donald Trump off the Republican primary ballot due to his role in the Capitol riots on 6th of January 2021. The Supreme Court has agreed to review a petition by the former president against this state. Should the Supreme Court reject Trump's petition, it could lead to other states to do the same in a tit-for-tat response from Republican states to remove Biden from the ballot. This could disrupt campaigns ahead of the election. As such, the Supreme Court is not likely to uphold the Colorado ruling. Post-election, unless there is a landslide win for either party, a tight election could well be disputed, as was seen in 2000, 2016 and 2020. It is worth noting that President Biden beat Trump in the Electoral College system by just 44,000 votes across three states in 2020. Yeah. Uh, well, OK. Now that we talked about the US, though, let's look at the the UK elections. Um, when it comes to popularity, the Tories are actually behind Labour. Um, what changes are we likely to see then from um, the election ahead of the elections to woo voters? And how could these impact our investments? Well, in terms of investments, the impact of the UK election is likely to have more of an effect on sterling and the gilt market rather than the stock market, which is largely driven by global economic activity and earnings derived overseas. So there are three main changes that are likely to watch out for. Firstly, the Chancellor is likely to cut income tax in the March budget to try and win back public support. This would come on top of the national insurance reduction seen in last year's autumn statement. Secondly, 
The government also wants to boost public sector pay and averse, avert labour stoppages. Such a go for growth strategy could help the Bank of England interest rates higher for longer, especially relative to other central banks and provide some support for sterling. And third, should Labour go on to win the general election, it could also lead to closer ties with the EU, which could also further help sterling. Also on that, uh, what are elections uh, should we watch out for in Europe? Well, first, the electorate there goes to the polls on the 6th to 9th of June for the European parliamentary election. There are signs of a shift in the popularity to more conservative parties as some voters may put their purse ahead of climate issues. These conservative parties are set to win something like 25% of the European parliamentary seats, up from 20% in 2019. The thing here is, should they win more than a third of seats as a unified bloc with the mainstream parties becoming divided, there is a risk for investors that they could influence new legislation. However, the opinion polls show that the centrist grand coalition is still expected to retain power. Second, centre-right parties are still expected to make gains in national elections in Portugal in March, Austria in the third quarter, and in three German state elections in September. With centre-right parties already in power in Italy and Hungary, the coordination of EU policy is under threat. Some national governments could veto decisions made in the European Council, such as Hungary blocking aid to Ukraine. This uncertainty is a risk to the euro against major currencies. Moreover, analysis by Citibank has uh, shown that from data going back to the 1970s, that it's the EU equity market performance that tends to be more volatile than other major re- regions around the world uh, after national elections. Okay, so aside from political risk, investors must also contend with geopolitical tensions in the Middle East. And there's, of course, the ongoing conflict between Russia and Ukraine. There's concern that these wars will impact supply chains and inflation. Talk us through that. Well, in January, we did see UK and US military forces uh, bombing Iran-financed Houthi rebels in Yemen. Uh, This followed Houthi drone boat attacks and uh, missile attacks on shipping in the Red Sea in retaliation for Israel's invasion of Gaza and effectively opens up a second front in the Israeli uh, Hamas war. Shipping costs uh, have ticked up, but they're nothing like the price jumps seen by the pandemic. And it's unlikely to lead to a material pickup in inflation from here. So what does the disruption in the Red Sea mean for supply of energy to the global economy then? Well, so far, the Houthi rebels based in Yemen have not yet targeted oil and gas tankers and energy prices have been relatively well contained. That's because the disruption is focused at the choke point between the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. Importantly, this is not going to lead to a shut-in of oil supply from Saudi Arabia. Only around 13% of the kingdom's production is exported from its western ports into the Red Sea, with most of it going northwards towards the Suez Canal, and it avoids the disruption further south. Saudi oil flows could be diverted via pipelines to the eastern ports and then out through the Strait of Hormuz. If the disruption was around the Strait of Hormuz, where the Persian Gulf meets the Gulf of Oman, then that would be a different story. This could potentially stop regional producers from exporting energy to the rest of the world. There's another thing that could impact global trade, and that is also the tension between Taiwan and China. How worried about this should we be? Well, just as a recap, William Lai of the pro-independence Democratic Progressive Party won the Taiwan presidency back in January. Given his party's stance on independence from China, this will serve to maintain ongoing tensions between the US and China. Considering around half the world's container fleet passes through the Taiwan Straits, any conflict or blockade of the island would disrupt global trade. 
We view this as a tail risk or a low probability, high impact event. Taiwan is also a major chip manufacturer and uh, accounting for 65% of the total semiconductor foundry market and 90% of the most advanced chips. So there's a lot for investors to think about this year. Overall, how cautious should investors be given that there's political, geopolitical and trade risks to consider in 2024? Well, in short, the world faces plenty of political and geopolitical risk this year, which is likely to create moments of market volatility. However, if the world avoids a recession and inflation slows, then this will allow central banks to cut interest rates and enable companies to meet analyst earnings expectations. This backdrop is actually relatively positive for both bonds and stock markets, but it'd be prudent to own gold in portfolios and to hedge against some of these tail risks. Well, thanks for that, Daniel, for that roundup. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. All references and lines spoken about this episode can be found in the episode show notes. And you can find lots of other investment articles on evelyn.com, including our latest outlook. Daniel will be back with us in the studio for our next podcast episode. And we'd love to have you join us if you can. Please do subscribe to our show. And if you haven't done so, you can rate us and review us in the App Store. Until next time.